Hey there, boss ladies. Welcome to episode two of the Boss Lady Investor podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Boss Lady Investor podcast, where each week we focus on an amazing boss lady and the occasional boss dude and find out how they got where they are. I'm your host, Krista Goodrich, author of the brand new book, The Boss Lady Investor, You Don't Need a Dick to Understand Money. I didn't come from money, but I did use easy techniques that come from understanding money to help me become a millionaire before I was 40 years old. My goal is to help you get there too. Each show, we give you easy steps to becoming financially free and maybe even rich. And while it may still be taboo to say you want to be rich, it's totally okay to say that on this podcast. So now it's time to sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from other boss ladies about the secret of how they, and now you, can achieve the financial life of your dreams. Boss ladies, I am so excited to welcome this week's guest and my friend, Missy Carlson, to the podcast. Missy is a true blue Midwesterner at heart. She was born and raised in North Dakota and then relocated to Florida in 1997. Missy was raised by a hardworking single mom and had her first job at the age of 15 at Kentucky Fried Chicken. When she was 18 years old, she landed her first administrative assistant position and has been working in offices and corporate environments ever since. For six of those years, she worked for two various nonprofit organizations and her career became an outlet for her passion to help people. During that time, she served on foreign mission trips, bringing aid to those in desperate need. It was truly life-changing for her. In 2016, she was offered an opportunity to work at her current position at one of the best companies in her town, Realty Pros Assured. She's been there a little over three years now and says she's willing to stay for as long as they'll have her. So Missy has never had a high paying job in the six figures. However, Missy's story is about hard work and perseverance. At just 36 years old, Missy has managed to pay off her debt and start investing. Let's get ready to hear Missy's story and find out secret techniques that she used and now you can use to get out of debt and start investing in your financial future. So welcome to the show, Missy. Why don't you go ahead and tell our guests a little bit about yourself and how you got where you are, what makes you you? Um, I grew up in a single parent family. Um, and as I was telling you, my mom kind of struggled um, just to kind of work, provide for us. I have two brothers. And so um, as a cleaning lady, she obviously was not like a hustler and like right. bu building a brand and like, you know, most of the women in my life now. And so just kind of growing up in that small town mentality and not really, you know, knowing what my future was going to look like, not having people 
encouraged me to set goals, I would say. I didn't really think about finances and like where I was gonna be, right, you know, 20 years from then. Um, so anyways, I just kind of like, you know, growing up poor, hit 18 and was like credit cards. Credit today, cards, you know, yeah. Free money, baby. I'm going shopping. Yeah, and it was like, you know, I love my mom dearly. I'm super close with my mom, but she never really like, hey, sweetie, you're going to have to pay this money back. You know, like right. this is not free money. Um, and so anyways, most people, that's like common sense, but I was, you know, young and stupid. So anybody that sent me a little application, I was taking them up on it pretty right. much. And, and you get a free t-shirt when you signed yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was pretty bad. I mean, I, at probably mid-20s, I did get to the point where I was like, whoa, this is like, you know, bad. I need to reel this in. And so I think I at that time had like a student loans from going to cosmetology school, a little credit card debt, and I, I tried to like reel it in, but there was never a point where I could ever get a handle on it. I right. didn't know how to navigate my way out of it basically, so. So when you were at the peak of your debt, what amount of debt do you think you possibly had? Oh god. And it doesn't have to be exact, just your yeah. random guess. I would say roughly between like early 20s with a brand new car and credit card debt, probably close to $20,000. Okay, which, which is overwhelming at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so you know, and so the listeners know, um, I came from a middle-class family, um, and my parents were, I thought, relatively smart with money, and I'm sure they're gonna listen, so I apologize, mom and dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, and they'll admit it now, like they, they didn't have the tools either, even at middle class, of how to, manage their own money, they got into debt as well, and never taught us how to manage money, and in school, you know, they never teach never. you that. It's yeah. like, why do I know calculus, but I don't know how to manage my finances? That doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me, and how do, how do I have to go to biology when I have no interest in ever taking apart an animal? I don't even eat animals, <laughs> um, but why do I have to go to that when no one's ever explained to me what a credit score is, and when you get a credit card? I was in college when I got my first credit card, and they probably gave me a free shirt with it, and I remember I would send a payment every now and again because they tell you, oh, it's $15 minimum payment. Well, you can manage that, right. you know? So I would send a payment when I had $15, which when you're a college kid is almost never. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I remember going to the mailbox because we used to do it that way. This is before electronic bills. And I'd put my $15 check in the mail and some, so occasionally I'd get paid and I had no concept that my credit was being hit. Mm -hmm. No concept that one day I would buy a home and need that credit, you yeah. know? So I, I think it's very common at, that at 18, 19, 20 years old, when we finally have access to money that we haven't earned yep. for us to just go and grab it, yeah. you know? So it's, I, I, and I think that's a lot of backgrounds too. So I, I think this is good because we're helping young people to understand that you don't want to do that to start off. But if you do, it's not the end of the world. Yes. Right. It can be reversed. Yes. <laughs> so you got into debt and then... You decided, I don't want to be confounded by debt. I want to have financial freedom. I don't want anything to tie me down. So what right. happened there, and how did you start to get out of debt and eventually get out of debt? Yeah. Well, you know, without going into too many details, I just, I, I found myself in a situation, um, you know, at a job where I was like, you know, kind of got into a little bit of a, a tiff or a role with somebody, and I, I just thought to myself, like, man, you know, I'd love to quit. Yeah. I'd love to just walk out and, and have the freedom to like just choose my next career. Jerry Maguire it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Take not, your fish yeah. and off you go. Yeah. Yeah. Deuces. <laughs> and not based 
and not base my next career move on, you know, having to have a certain salary in order to make it, right. you know, because like for years just living paycheck to paycheck and it's like it's sad because it's not like I haven't had a good salary. It's just when you have so much debt, you're like I have to make X amount and just barely getting by. So anyways, that was kind of the catalyst for me to make the decision like I have to do something drastic here and just, you know, finally wipe this out because I don't want to be living this way. I want to have that freedom. So right. um, what happened was I have a, a coworker who prior to becoming a real estate agent was financial planner. Like that's what he went to school for and real estate. And so he was like the natural person that I was like, I need your help. I'm enlisting your services, <laughs> you know? And so I'm very fortunate in that my mom, you know, was like, hey, move home. And I'm not married and I don't have kids. I should say this. Yep. Oh, fair enough. So, and everybody has a different, like, it's probably going to be a lot harder for somebody to do it as quickly as I did because they wouldn't have this opportunity. So I'm super grateful for that. Right. Um, but my mom was like, just move home and like all that money you're wasting on rent and, you know, utilities, just tackle this. Yep. So, and she was, she was for it. So this friend of mine, him and his wife both, you know, they're very successful people. They have kind of um, operated off of, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dave Ramsey before. Very familiar with Dave of Ramsey. Course. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Most people have. Yeah. And it's not for everyone. And, yeah. I, and I think just like anything in life, you have to take, an, you know, tailor it to your specific lifestyle yep. and, and what your needs are. And so that's kind of what I did. But, um, you know, I got the book and just was like, I'm going to do this little snowball effect, you know? So let me explain to the listeners if they don't know who Dave Ramsey yeah. is. So Dave Ramsey is a financial guru. He's written several books and he's, his number one thing that he teaches, which is awesome, is getting out of debt. Before you do any investing or anything else out there with money, he wants you to get out of debt. And so he has a lot of steps and he has a full system mm -hmm. and he even does seminars and stuff, which if you ever get a chance to attend, I would highly recommend um, I'm a huge fan of seminars and conferences and anything that's yeah. raw, raw. I think it motivates people, yeah, and I get sure. that sometimes it's cheesy, but it, it's it, they help me. It gets keeps me excited about wanting to be out of debt and wanting to invest and all that. So, yeah, um, so Dave Ramsey is really awesome, and so yeah, go ahead and explain how you followed it and what you did. And just so you guys know, Missy works. Um, when we her and I talked about this before the podcast, she works for a real estate company that is very well known for having the extremely driven people. Everyone in this company is a hustler. Everyone wants to be on the cover of a magazine somewhere, sometime. We're all building our brand of ourselves. I work there as well, so let's full disclosure. Um, and so when we were talking, she came into working here and she'd never been surrounded by that. And I, we were laughing because she's not only interacting with people like that, it's only people like that that she's interacting <laughs> with all day, every day. So that yeah. makes it kind of fun. And I'm glad to hear that one of the people there was willing to give you the guidance so yeah exactly yeah. and I am so grateful for this person we joke about it all the time he's like you know I've done this <laughs> huge thing for you I'm like yeah I get it I yeah. get it because um, you, you're right like the conferences whatever you need that encouragement you need to get fired up about like what you could be you mm -hmm. know 20 mm -hmm. years from now whatever but so yeah I, I was very practical about it and even this person you know who was kind of guiding me through it said like first thing you need to do is just be super honest with yourself. Like so many people go into this and they're just like, 
I'm going to be so extreme and I'm going to, every spare dollar I have is going towards my debt. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, that's not realistic. Reel yourself in sister. You know, I am a, a bit of a high maintenance girl. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like shopping is not a weakness for me. It's not an addiction. I just like to go get my nails done with friends. I like to do stuff like that. So that was like going in my budget, you right. know? Right. And so you kind of have to pick and choose, like, what are you willing to absolutely live without? You know, I can forego dinners out and, and different things like that, but pick those things, be very honest with yourself. And so created the budget based on that. And then just kind of, you know, according to Dave's, Dave Ramsey's plan, it's like you pick your smallest credit card or mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, I've got this little one that's only $400, like the whole balance, minimum payment, 25 bucks. So you basically start with the smallest one and then pay that minimum or whatever, get that one paid off. And then that $25 a month you're paying rolls over onto the next one. And it's, you know, it's just like they call it the snowball effect and it just keeps rolling and rolling. And when I first started, I was super discouraged because I'm like, this is going to take me forever. (laughs) And I was so surprised. And so another thing that I did, and I should say this, and I thought it was a good idea. It's not an original idea, but um, I just started thinking of all the different things that I can actually do, like side hustles and talents. Like I went to cosmetology school once upon a time. I don't do that now, but I I still can, (laughs) you know? And so I started cutting hair and coloring hair and just hitting people up and like, you know, so I was making all that money on the side that became half fund money, half, you know, pay off the debt money. And so, um, just things like that. And then I started doing like little social media posting on the side now. And so it's like any extra money that I could get, I surprised myself at how much extra money I could drum up because Mm -hmm. Your budget's your budget. You can only come up with so much. But like I said, I was lucky all the money I was spending on rent and utilities. So I had scrounged up close to like a thousand bucks a month at that point where I was just throwing on my debt. And so I moved in with my mom and over the course of like nine months, I had paid off like $10,000 worth of debt. So yeah, that was exciting. Do you remember how you felt when you paid off the first card? Yeah, I mean, for me, though, I'm going to be honest, it wasn't, like, super exciting because my my lowest one really was, like, $350. And so it was, like, I think it took me to be, like, the third one in. And I think I had a total of, like, seven, you know, and there were a a few of them that were just really big ones. Right. And so it was, like, the second one down, I started getting a little bit excited. But, like, by the third one, that was, like, a $1,500 card, and I had now paid off this chunk, I was, like... You know, I was pretty proud of myself. Yeah, I can do this. I can do this. (laughs) So, okay, so that's an important point. You had seven credit cards Mm -hmm. or seven forms of debt, right? Right. right. And you're right. Like most people, especially if you've never paid off a debt like that before, to have Mm -hmm. seven, it's so overwhelming. But what you did is so smart because instead of looking at the whole thing and saying, we all get overwhelmed, I've got all this credit, and if I pay $50 to each of these, they're never going to be paid off. Mm -hmm. So pick one. And then Dave Ramsey... I believe does say the lowest um, balance or the highest interest rate, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's one of those two. And that's, um, Missy has not had the opportunity to read the book yet because I haven't put it out for her yet. <laughs> um, but that's how I got out of debt as nice. well. When I walked okay. out of college, um, my parents were unable to help me with my college. Um, my dad had lost his job right before I went to school. And we, I totally thought my college was going to be paid for. Wow. And so I emancipated myself because um, I was out of state too. So I was going to have what I thought was massive student loans. It's nothing in comparison to what this generation's dealing with, but at the time it was a lot. 
-hmm. And so I did, um, I graduated in three years. So I did three years of school. During that time, I did a study abroad, got lots of fun credit cards, mm -hmm. moved back to Atlanta. I'm in my first apartment, and I did a spreadsheet that I talk about, and I was like, all right, how much debt do I have? And I just got a car, because I had to have a car to go to work. Mm -hmm. um, and I have $54,000 in debt. Wow. And I was yeah. 21 years, or 22 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like you, I'd started working somewhere that... Um, inspired me. I started working for a mutual fund company. I started working in the stock market and I'd never seen this. Like my, my dad and mom are very driven. So that, that's not a, I definitely had seen drive, but they're driven by passion and power for my dad. And that's not a bad thing. He's, my dad's a wonderful human being, but that's what drives them. Mm -hmm. They weren't really driven by money. So they never knew how to acquire more of it and not have the debts and stuff. But like you, I, someone at work, sat down with me and said, okay, here's how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I got out of $54,000 in debt way faster. I mean, I don't, I like, I can put myself in front of that old computer. It's like a Commodore. <laughs> 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 I'll sit at my, uh, my office desk that I bought It was a pressed wood. I bought it at office max in a box, assembled it myself. Right. I mean, you know, like the whole nine yards, like you can never move it. Cause if you do the whole thing falls apart desk. Right. Um, and I remember I was sitting there and I did the math on it and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I made $27,000 a year or something at the time. Right. This was double my annual income and I had to eat and I had to pay rent and I had bills. Mm -hmm. How, like it was never, I thought I would never get out of debt ever. Yeah. yeah. And I was out of debt before I was 30. Yeah. Now it was still eight years, but if I didn't start then, like if you hadn't, when it was overwhelming, if you didn't start then, we'd still be sitting in massive amounts of debts and it would only acquire with additional interest and exactly. stuff. So I think, yeah, I think that's really important that people know that you had seven cards and rather than, you know, we all ostrich it, we stick our mm -hmm. head in the sand and we don't want to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. You took control of it and started paying it off. Well, and I will say too, it's like I had seven credit cards, but I also had a brother who I had borrowed money from. And if you've ever borrowed money from, <laughs> from family, family. <laughs> <laughs> hello, um, that was probably the hardest because it's like, I was that girl in our family that, I mean, both of my brothers, even right now, they are so good with their money. Right. And I'm like, where did you guys learn this? <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, like, I did not get this gene. You know, it's it's been a challenge for me. But right. they're like, I would go to them. I really wanted a new car. And I'm very much like an impulsive person. Like, I'm very self-aware. I right. have to reel <laughs> myself in. But, you know, like when you're in your early 20s, you know, and you're just doing stupid things and well into my late 20s too, let's be honest. But I would be like, I really want to get this car, but I need $600 for the down payment, you know, just stupid stuff. And so borrowed money from my brother. And I mean, how long did I owe this guy this right. money? It was like laughable. And he was so sweet and so kind. But every now and again, he'd like throw these jabs because I'd be like, I'm going to get out of debt. I've got to do this. And he'd be like, are you paying me back first? Or right. am I on that list? You know? And um, with this, I was like, I promise you, this is it. I'm going to pay you back. But I did tell him, like, according to this plan. <laughs> you're not first in line. <laughs> you are not an interest, you know, you're an interest-free loan, so you're not first in line. But I, I mean, like, when I finally paid him back, it was just like, that was more rewarding to me than the credit cards. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, it, it never, you know, ruined our relationship because we're super close, but... 
it was rough. Like I just had this guilt all the time, it's knowing heavy. like it's heavy. I owe him money, and I'd be going on a vacation, and I he'd be like, "Really? <laughs> and I'm like, I need it. I need a vacation. <laughs> I'm having a stressful time making this money to pay you back one day, exactly. eventually. Exactly. I swear. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing, but it's just true, you know. It is true, and and yeah, and, I, and you brought up the interest free. So for anyone that doesn't know what that means, because um, the book's geared towards younger people, so sometimes they don't know stuff about interest or whatnot. So she, her credit cards had interest. So every time she spent on the credit card, whatever she spent, she then had a percentage more that she had to pay back for the credit card company loaning her the money. With her brother, if she borrowed $600, that's all she had to pay back. There was no interest. So when she says it was an interest-free loan, it's cheaper debt in that even if she had um, bigger bills or smaller bills, they had interest. So the debt was more expensive to have. So that's why as far as Dave Ramsey and anyone else is ever going to tell you, you pay the interest-free loans back last because they they aren't costing you as much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So now, so now you're basically out of debt. You have yes, with the exception of my car. Full disclosure. So, yep. and and that's like, I plan to pay this car off and then keep it. <laughs> <laughs> what a what, what a concept. concept! I've never done it in my life. Fingers crossed. And most people me to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's so funny to think that like when our, you know, parents were growing up or whatever, they were like, I mean, it's like logical, basic math, like fixing the car. Right. You know, if some, a belt goes out and you spend $175, that's cheaper than every month spending $300 (laughs) on a car payment. Right. You would think we would catch on to this, but it's just that whole, like keeping up with the Joneses. I've got to have the newest, best. Right. And so this car I bought, and it was used, but still I've got a, a payment on it, and I, I owe probably like $4,000 still on it. So like that is my new pay it off. debt pay-it-off yes. thing, which I'm fine with it because I'm I'm proud of what I did with my credit cards. Yeah. And once that's paid off, I just plan to replace the hose or replace <laughs> the belt. Yeah. But, I mean, even getting a used vehicle, it was in great condition, and I have like – I'm a – take care of my car kind of girl like I keep it very clean and so that's just like my your thing yeah so prior to this car did you buy new cars yes always brand new always always brand new and surprisingly I can't believe that there's ever been a time up to this point where I haven't had to do like the rollover right you know like I'm upside down and so going into my new loan you're taking more yeah yeah and I've heard that and like you're saying you're you're talking to younger viewers so maybe please avoid this, you know? Yeah. And it's, um, it's something that like, you just don't think about buying brand, brand new cars that like the second you drive it off the lot, that car is five grand less Less. than it, you know? So you're paying this big payment on some, you're always going to be upside down. So in all of my stupidity, (laughs) I still was smart enough to hold on to it long enough to where I was at the good point to switch and whatever. But yes, I have always from the, almost from the moment I've started driving, have always had a car payment. Yeah, so. and that's and that's huge. And there's a lot of people, to this day I have friends, that always buy a new car, and it fascinates me. And I get that someone has to buy the new cars. Right. I've actually never owned a brand new car. Uh, nope, that's not true, full disclosure. Um, when they did the cash for keys, I don't know if you remember that when the recession mm-hmm. first hit. Okay, when the recession hit in 2008, there were so many people that were upside down in their cars and houses and everything. And people, we all talk about the housing crisis, but no one remembers that there was a vehicle crisis as well. That makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, once all these people didn't have money to pay their credit cards or their house, they also couldn't pay their car payment. And they were upside down, just like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So 
where do they go? They can't get another car because they're upside down, but they can't pay their payment. And if they don't have a car, they can't get to work. And so um, a, the government came out with, and, I, and a lot of the car dealerships, if I recall correctly, it was cash for keys or cash for, it was called cash for clunkers. That's what oh, it was called. Okay. It was cash okay. for clunkers. That's so funny. if you drove an SUV, oh, sorry about the barking dog. If you drove an SUV or a large vehicle, a boat type car that used a lot of gas, mm -hmm. if your gas mileage per gallon was higher than a certain point, you could turn in your car and get a $5,000 credit. Dang. Maybe it's 8,000, it was a big credit, but you had to buy a brand new car. Oh, wow. Okay. So at the time, Colin had a Hyundai Santa Fe, which qualified, and it was really ugly anyway. <laughs> so not, and I like Hyundai Santa Fe's now, but his was like purple and it looked like a Mario Kart. Um, so he turned in that car and we got a Nissan Altima, which had basically double the gas mileage. I was commuting mm -hmm. 51 miles each way to and from work. So 102 mm -hmm. miles a day. Wow. Yeah. And so that was the only time we got a new car, but the rest of the history of my life never owned a new car because again, when I was young at the mutual fund company, that was one of the first things I was told is never, ever, ever buy a new car because you're right. The second you drive it off the lot, mm -hmm. you've lost so much money right and it's gonna take you two years to make to pay off what you just lost driving it away right so and a used car I mean even if it's a year old it's not gonna be that bad as long as you buy a nice used car right right yeah so well and it's like you know most people will say you really don't learn your lessons in life until you like feel the pain of your poor decisions yeah and so it's harder too when you're talking to younger people and you're like please learn from my mistakes right but they can't they learn but from they their can't. own mistakes right. yeah but at yeah. the same time you're just like like if if I could talk to younger me like yeah. what would I say I'd be like be your own person you know don't like don't watch your friends get brand new cars and think that that somehow like defines your value as right. a human being because it's so tough to get caught up in that. But it's like a car is a car. It's getting you from A to B. Like dropping 30 grand on a vehicle and then watching your free time be gobbled up trying to frantically Pay a have car side hustles yeah. to cover your car. It's like, what are you really living for right now? You know, you're living to drive your nice car. And did, you know? did your nice cars get you any more friends? They did not. No? So no one called you and was like, dude, I saw and your car. I want to be your friend. Like, yeah, it was 50-50. <laughs> it was like I probably had two friends with amazing cars that I was jealous of that I was probably trying to keep up with. The rest of them were like clunkers. And still to this day, those are probably two of my best friends that, right. you know, they're just good human beings. So, right. Yeah, I mean. And, and there are some people, again, even my friends now, they laugh. I drive a Chevy Avalanche truck. And we could have absolutely afford a nicer, I could have a BMW, I could have a super nice car, but for me, it's very usable because we do a lot of, we have a lot of rental properties and shit goes bad sometimes and I need to throw a ladder right. in the back. Right. And <laughs> yesterday I had to climb a tree and so I put a ladder in the back of the truck and up the tree, like, and, and I don't care, I have three dogs and I can travel with them. So I don't have a super nice car um, and my friends heckle me and they'll say, when are you gonna get a new car? Well, when this one dies, yeah. I'm going to replace the belts. Right, I'm going to replace right. everything. Like right. it's not, it doesn't make sense to me. It's paid off. It's been paid off since the day I bought it. Um, this is a fun story. So I had always had car payments and then I have, um, have I have another Chevy Avalanche in that I keep at the, I have a farm in Georgia. And so it's up there and I loved the Chevy Avalanche. It's, I think they're great vehicles. Some people hate them. I love them. Well, I heard that they were, they were going to stop making them. So I had been saving up all this cash for a rainy day and I decided this was the rainy day. And so I went to, I searched everywhere for every, every avalanche that was for sale 
and there was a Mitsubishi dealership that had one, a used one for sale. So me and Colin went there, and I had $17,000 in cash in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> I looked like a drug dealer. Right? Yeah. I was like, this okay. is awesome. Like, And I never had walked anywhere in my life with $17,000 in my bag, right. you know? So I sit down, and and this is the power of not financing too. Like, and th- again, this was the first time I'd ever done this. Was, and I sat down, and they told me the price was like twenty two thousand dollars. And I'm like, I know I have to negotiate, but I'm not going to tell them I've got my drug dealer cash in the bag, right? <laughs> so he tells me the price, and I we get him down to like nineteen five with financing. And then I said, what if I pay cash? And he was going to take off like five hundred dollars more. And he, we argued, I mean, granted, we spent way longer at this car dealership than I ever wanted to, but it saved me $5,000. That's awesome. So when people say, I don't want to haggle, I don't want to deal with that, I don't either. But right. shit, $5,000, yeah. you yeah, know? exactly. So I finally, um, Colin was there too, and we're arguing with the guy, trying to haggle the price, and I said, I'll pay $17,000 cash right now. I will drive away with that vehicle. We'll be done here. He said, no. I said, Okay. So I opened up the bag, and I said, this is what you're not getting. Close the bag, and me and Colin walked out. And as we're getting in our car, the guy runs out, and he was like, deal. <laughs> <laughs> so so oh we gosh. went back in, and they Hilarious. counted it. Well, it turns out when you have a cash transaction like that, the, it flags your bank. Anyway, so then we oh, had to funny. write a letter and explain why we had $17,000 <laughs> in cash randomly. Uh, but and so and, and it was so fun because what we've done since then is any luxury purchase, mm-hmm. um, we only pay cash for luxury items. Wow. So if like we have a big Jeep Wrangler and it's lifted up and whatnot, um, we bought that for cash. And that again, super fun because we negotiated the price. Um, we have hot tubs and like at, at, at the farm. And I remember I laid out $6,000 in cash on the table. We went to the hot tub store and it was $8,000 hot tub that we got for 6,000. Like it's, That's it, awesome. yeah, it's so much saving. And if we financed these things, mm-hmm. we'd pay way more than the purchase price, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think I'm very excited for you when you pay off, please tell me when you pay off the car cause it's yeah. going to be an exciting day. <laughs> um, so, all right. So once you get totally out of debt, what, what dreams may come? What's, what's next? I was thinking about this and I'm like, man, this is where I need to, you know, it's kind of like, I'm so new to this, but I was like, I obviously need to start setting my next goal. Like I'm a big dreamer, but I have a hard time like putting legs to my dreams kind of thing. And I'm like, I've always obviously dreamed of like working for myself, not having to, you know, like turning your path, not to sound like I'm a a millennial, sorry, millennials. (laughs) But turning my passion into my career. No, that's I talk about that in the book. It's one of my favorite things that millennials have done. Like it I think is. they get so much shit. I, know. I think they've created a beautiful world. I, know. I think they have. I yes. agree. Yeah. I agree. And I it makes me sad inside when I hear older people be like, Oh, these, these millennials. Yeah. Oh yeah. God forbid they try to be happy. Exactly. Like you stay miserable of whatever you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why do I want to be, you know, trapped in and uh, believe me, I love my job. They've done so much for me and I'm one of the few people on the planet who can say like I love my bosses yeah they're awesome people you know that yeah but at the end of the day you do like everybody's got like these natural gifts and talents that you've got I want to be able to do that and be like loving life enjoying life so dream goal obviously would be to have the courage to turn that into career right and then just set myself up so that I I can still do that until I'm like you know gray hair right you know, whatever right. But had the option to not to if something happened to me or, you know, health-wise, I could take a break and not be stressed, stressed or worrying, it. you know. So 
I think I'm always going to be that like simple person that's like, I want peace. I want people around me that I love and fulfillment in life. I'm not like, you know, a yacht would be wonderful. Right. It's not me though. Right. Like, you know, she hasn't read the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a yacht a lot. That's hilarious. No, I, I know nothing. I swear. Yeah. But no, it's funny because it's like, I, I'm that girl that's like watching the real housewives of Beverly Hills and right. like below deck, big, huge Bravo fan. And so I'm watching this and like part of you is like trying to live vicariously yes. through these people. <laughs> yep. And it's like, Oh my God, to imagine to live like that. But like, you're also, you, you don't know, need that. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that's great for vacation or this, that, whatever, but it's just not me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I talk about everyone has an inner diva, which you are already addressed and <laughs> which is funny because it's real, so relative, but so you get your nails done. Obviously I do not. Um, <laughs> and I say, you know, everyone has an inner diva and we all think like I, if someone spends $6,000 on a purse, I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. that is insane. And why right. would anyone waste that kind of money? Well, the reason that you don't see a yacht sitting behind my house right now is because it's a lot of cash to save up and that's a luxury item, but we are working <laughs> diligently <laughs> at it. Awesome. Yes. So I am, I actually just had a unique proposal. Um, I believe that if you have a dream, you have to say it out loud a lot. Um, otherwise it's just a secret in your head. Sure. So I constantly put out things about that I want a yacht. Mm -hmm. And that's the ultimate dream for me is to sell everything, get on the boat, hasta la vista, baby, yeah. I'm out, I'm going to the Caribbean, I'm going wherever the hell I want to go. Yeah, and, I, awesome. and I don't want to worry about how I'm paying for the gas, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. So um, because I put that out there so much, and we talk about eventually being able to have a business, um, I got a proposal last weekend that someone came to me and said, you want a yacht? And I said, yes, I do. And they said, I have excess money and I want a yacht too. And I was like, cool. And they said, but you manage money really well and you manage businesses well. If I pay for the yacht, will you manage it? I have to put down 10% of the payment or mm -hmm. the original amount. So put down 10%, you manage it and we'll be 50-50 owners. Whoa. And find a way that they're gonna pay for half the boat and finance the rest, um, that's their plan. But the reason they're gonna finance it is because we're gonna charter it. And so we'll get those payments paid for. Yeah. And then eventually, ideally, we'll make money. So they asked me to do a pro forma, and what your pro forma is just like explaining how it's gonna make money and pay off the debt. So I started working on that this week, how much I have to pay for a captain, and how much I have to pay for fuel, and how much we're gonna rent it out for, and all that stuff. So it's not gonna happen immediately, but in the next year, that dream should become a reality. Which is yeah. amazing. Isn't, it is amazing. Yeah. And so when you talk about you know one day having the courage, I'm glad you're putting it out there. And I, I do know your bosses, and they are <laughs> awesome people. And I think that you know, there's some fear when you go on a podcast, and if you say anything like outside of the job that, right? Um, if my boss hears this, I don't I, because I know these individuals. I know how driven they are, and I know that they run their show, and I also know who they hire and who they bring onto that team, and they hire people that they want to see you lift up as well. So I don't. I think they would be excited for you if you're with them for a hundred years or if you right. go do something else. like I, I think that that would be regardless exciting for them as long as you're successful right um so i think we're very lucky to have the i know we work with. I'm, like, yeah. I'm like how do i find a way to do both because yeah. you know it's like you work with great people you're like 
how do I stay there forever? And right, they're right. my family. They are point, family. You know, yeah, but, they are family. But they are they are driven and, and they are psychotic. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like there's no hours. It's basically yeah. like you're self-employed, yeah. but you're employed. Yeah, because yeah. like there's times that you'll email me and you're like, I'm going to the office, and it's like Friday at 9 p.m. and I'm like, what in the world? It's like, why is she going there this late? Because there's stuff to do, and right. and that's but they're all traits of someone that is successful. You know, so I think it's. I think it's in your nature more than you think. Right, probably, yeah. 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 And, and that's, you're right. It's, it's not natural and it doesn't come in my background and my family's background, but I have been lucky to be around people who have given me that like curiosity and that yep. itch to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't need the yacht, but yeah. I would love to come on your yacht. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just, I love, I'm, I'm very drawn to people who do, you know, handle their life and their business that way because I'm like, I do want that security still right. and the freedom, right. and that's what draws me to it for sure. Right, and it, I don't think it's so much the dollars. Like, I, I want a yacht, but I'm going to drive a shitty car. Right. You know, it's, so it's not. It's just what your interest is. Exactly. And I've tried to stop judging people that buy six thousand dollar purses. <laughs> it's really hard for me. <laughs> or two thousand dollar pairs of shoes. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I can't do it. It's not for me. But I'm. I same. Yeah. We, me and Colin went to um, Vegas. He had a work trip. And so if he has a work trip at a cool place, I'll usually fly out and meet him. So he was in Vegas, and he got a bonus, so he takes me shopping, which is I don't shop ever, ever. Amazon is where I shop. Like, that's everything I'm wearing is from Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, let's go shopping in Vegas, which is possibly one of the more expensive places on the planet to shop. So we go to the mall, and I find these shoes, and they're like $2,000. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, babe, let's do it. And I said, oh, yeah, I want to have $2,000 shoes. And then I was like, let me digest this for a minute. So we go for a walk, and we have a drink. And I'm like, I can't. I don't, yeah. like, I'm not even paying for it. You've had a bonus. It's, but it's $2,000. It's, yeah. And they're high heels. Like, I'm not going to really even want to wear them that much. And then I'm going to be scared that I'm going to break them the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm even like that with like, cause I'm, I'm not married. So I'm like someday some suckers can yeah. fall for me, you know? But I'm like, when I think about like wedding rings and stuff and these girls get these and same, I'm not judging cause no. I love you. I yep. love to look at pictures of your beautiful rings yes. and live vicariously through you. I would be so terrified that I'd go on some boat ride and it would fly fall. in the ocean yeah. and there goes like a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, Oh, that gives me anxiety. But same thing, like my famous phrase with my friends who shop like that and wear the thousand dollar shoes, purses, whatever. It's like, is it going to do my laundry for me right. and cook my dinner? Because right. if not, if it doesn't come with those services, I'm not interested. Right. Like, right. It's going to break down the same way that anything else is, anything and I yep. cannot deal with that. So um, when we got married, Colin proposed with a fake ring. And, and That's here, awesome. yeah, <laughs> and and nobody knew but he and I. Yeah. So when so when we we'd been dating four years, and so it was pretty obvious that marriage was likely in the near future. Right. Um, so our proposal story is really fun. Um, I said to him, and I've been married twice before, so and both rings ended up on Craigslist. <laughs> so I said, listen, I love you, and I hope we stay married forever. But just in case we don't. <laughs> Spent a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> let's hold on and have it on our ten-year anniversary. We we get a nice ring or something, right? you know. So, oh um, and I kept saying, you know, you should uh, spend that money on something useful. I don't want a five, right. ten, twenty, thirty, whatever. I don't know what they cost. I just don't want it's one. It's insane. Yeah. yeah, and I'm clumsy. So, and I'm I lose stuff all the time. Like you don't so see a ring funny. on me right now because I probably lost it last night. Who knows? It's so, funny. so um, he 
how we proposed was he asked me to go play tennis one day with some of our friends in our old neighborhood. And we've been looking at um, wakeboarding boats because I used to be heavy into wakeboarding. And we pulled into the tennis lot, tennis lot and it was a double layered parking lot. It wasn't a garage, but we were on the upper layer and there's this fluorescent orange kick-ass wakeboarding boat that we could never, I, no way could we afford that one. And it's got a for sale sign on it. And so I said, babe, you should totally call and ask how much that boat cost. He was like, you call. And I'm like, no, no, you call, because you do that. And he was like, no, you call. And he like shoved the phone in my face. So I called the number um, and a guy answers. Colin had walked away at this point. A guy answers and I said, I'm calling about the boat you have for sale in such and such neighborhood. And the guy said something and I didn't understand what he said. And I said, I'm calling about the boat you have for sale again in this neighborhood. And the guy said, you mean your boat, babe? And I'm like, and I'm looking, <laughs> and I'm looking at Colin now. He's walked back up, and he has a phone, and he's talking, and I'm hearing him, but I'm not not putting it all together right. that he's talking to me and, it's, and, he, and what he's saying. And um, so he said, you mean your boat, babe? And he got down on his knee and proposed to me, and he gave me the ring. Now, no one else knew that he bought the boat. That's what I wanted. That is Forget, so fuck the ring, man. Crazy. Like, I, yeah, I wanted the boat. Oh so, and so then I had this fake ring that um, it ended up breaking and of lost course, it or whatever, you know. Green yeah, green. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And and I mean, it, it, I was like, he was like, well, what are we gonna do? I'm like, I don't have to have a ring to say I love you. Like, the boat says it all, man. Right. <laughs> oh my God. So, You're the yeah. only woman that. Was yes. So, um, and then eventually when we went to Belize on a trip years later, we went to Belize and I like certain, I like, uh, blue topaz is the one gem that I actually, for whatever, it's my birthstone and for whatever reason I like it. So we found a ring for $700 in Belize and that's my wedding ring. And that's, that's what I wear to this day. And I get complimented on it constantly. All the time. Yes. Yeah. Constantly. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So when you say like that same, like I don't need something crazy like that, but if someone, there's a lot of people that. That mm -hmm. means a lot to them. Right. That have no interest in having a boat. Right. You know? So exactly. If that's and if thing. that's the thing that you save your money for, do you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just know we're kind of judging you. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. No. That's so uh, funny. All right. So if if you were to start a business one day, what do you think you'd want to do? Any ideas? I do, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that's so funny that you say you're like, it's just, you know, a secret in your head. It's mm -hmm. how you say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, I don't think I've told too many people. Like, I think I've told my brother this. Right. Like, a month ago, actually. Cause I'm like, you know what I'd actually do? When we play like the if I won the lottery game. Yes, you know? yes which is a fun game to play. Well, yes. of course, because it's like you win the lottery, all your fear of having to lose money on an investment is gone. You're mm -hmm. just, you know, doing your thing. So obviously I went to cosmetology school like a million years ago, but I am extremely picky about like hospitality and just how businesses are run. And like when I go into like a spa salon, how I feel when I walk in there, right? you know, how I'm treated, everything about that. And just um, huge into design and creativity. So like interior design, I'm really big on that. Yep. I mean, everything top to bottom. So like dream goal would be to design an awesome an, spa, uh, the best spa in this area. I mean, right. like that one of those that people from all over the country are just like, you have to go to Daytona, which <laughs> Dirtona, you know, let's just say not Daytona, but you know, whatever. Flagler Beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just yeah. to, just to experience this, you know, yeah. you know, whatever. And, and just like have that is something that I'm 
just super proud of and it's successful because I know that that industry in and of itself, it's very hard to, you know, be successful in. Everybody's like booth renting now if they're hairdressers and, but that, I just love that's what you love. Yeah. And it's like the funny thing, I'm not a shopper, I'm not this, but I love the beauty business. Yes. That's like. You know, that makes my heart go pitter patter. Well, and I hope to see you on Main Street where I have a business and we're trying to turn it around (laughs) in Daytona because I love Daytona and I think Daytona is going to be an amazing place and it is an international destination, even though it's still shocking that it is. Um, So, yeah. Well, and I've been to every spot in this area because I'm like, I just love that stuff. And it's not to knock anything that's already here, but there's nothing that is just like, that perfection when you walk in there and you feel like you're in another place. Like yep. you still go into the, these other places and you feel like you're in, in a shopping a, center in Daytona. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and I don't want to feel like that, yeah. you know? So there's just, there's, there's a place for it here, I think. But yeah. I, yeah. so I get Botox and, um, I, I switch where I go based on who's got the best prices, right? Which maybe isn't how you should shop for Botox, but it's how I do it. <laughs> and, um, so I've been to a lot of places for that. And same, I walk into every one of them and I moved here from Atlanta, which is much bigger mm-hmm. and has very fancy schmancy places. And I paid the same price to get Botox there that I do here. Mm-hmm. But I walked into those places and I felt like a queen, like a right. princess, a, like I'm here and it's my luxury day. And yes, you can massage my shoulders while you yeah. Botox me, you know? <laughs> and here it is a different feeling. I walk in and I think, man, I hope they clean these needles. What? <laughs> So I would love for you to bring a place it's here. That, so true. It is so true. And it's and it's not the steps that need to be taken to make a super nice place aren't that big, but it's the attention to the detail. It is. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. It's just detail. And my friends get so mad at me when I go with them too. Because I'm always the girl that comes out of this the wonderful half day spa day with my laundry list of complaints yeah. and, and all the things they could have done differently. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to be that way, but if you're passionate about something and that's kind of how maybe you learn what your passions are, it's like, yeah. why am I so fired up about this for no reason? Right. Well, it's because I really love it and right. I want it to be done well, right. you yeah. know? So yeah. it is funny, but yeah, no, that's a fun dream. But and that's I'm, a- I could off offline, I could give you a thousand hilarious stories of being in the spa and having like, just the funniest random stuff like you know you're getting a facial and the girl is telling you about her personal reproductive issues <laughs> I mean I could go on for, but I'm like you know devil's in the details sweetie I came here to relax I don't right. want to know about this <laughs> yeah but I get so I like getting massage I love massages love massages and so I and fortunately I have two girls one's my sister-in-law that will come here to the house and my view's amazing as oh, you know and so I'll yeah. get a massage in the backyard looking over the water it's awesome but I'm very picky about who massages me because I don't want to talk mm-hmm. and it's not that I'm being mean it's not that I don't like you I want to hear your story in life that's what I do with people to hear their stories but when I'm laying on the massage table I just want to zone out yeah I same. just want to feel massaged it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've got a, a girl for you. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of places around here that just talk their way through and they do, they tell you these stories that you're like, I don't know if you're on your period, man. That's not, right. I yeah. don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to care. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming here to escape my issues. Yeah. <laughs> Work out that kink in my right shoulder. That's exactly. All I want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, totally. all right. So the dream is to start a salon one day. I think you're going to do it. You. I'm excited for you. Um, you're on the you're on the path because that's in, like pay off your debts. You're on the next step. What about retirement? 
Again, man, it's just this this is inspiring in and of itself to right. get me to set my long-term goals. I mean, retirement, like I said, for me, it's like getting that career in place that's a passion to where it's like, I don't know if my personality could ever fully retire. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I like having a purpose. Mm -hmm. I like doing things. Mm -hmm. So I want to financially set myself up. And I do right now, you know, I pay into 401k at work, which yep. I was talking to, you know, my boss about. And I'm like, so that's something you should just set and forget, right? He's like, if you touch that, so help me God. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, 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 I'm just kidding. But no, he actually forced me to start doing it too because I'm like the – and at the time, it was when I had all my credit card debt. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to take care of this first. And he was like, no, no you are no. doing it. And I'm so grateful to him because now when I get my statement, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so I pay into that and that's like doing its own thing. But on top of that, obviously, just started doing my savings where I've got it, where it automatically comes out every single time I get paid, it goes into my savings account. So I don't even think about it. Right. But just getting set up so that I'm not worried, thinking about the what ifs. I mean, I feel like one health crisis could like wipe you out. Right. I don't right. want that to happen. And, you know, we plan, God laughs, who knows. But yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, but but you're doing what you have to do. And I, mm -hmm. I think the only way, I don't think anyone is disciplined enough to not set it and forget it. Like you have to autom automate mm -hmm. whatever your savings in. And yep. that's the 401ks, IRAs, the savings accounts. If it's not set up to auto draft out of your account, and I'm guilty of this. Mm -hmm. I, I wrote a book about finance. I talked to everyone about it. I think I'm so smart about it. And then I noticed while I was writing the book, my I have a SEP IRA because I'm self-employed, so it's a certain kind of IRA I have to have. And I noticed that I, for whatever reason, I'd, my payments had stopped coming out of my mm -hmm. account mm -hmm. for like a year. And I just hadn't paid attention because it had always auto-drafted. Right. I was appalled at myself. Like that's a whole year <laughs> of retirement money that, yeah, you can't make it back. And the stock market's been killing it on top right, of it. You know, right. I'm like, oh, shit, how did that happen? But so yeah, I went back in and reset everything up to never stop autom automating. And I oh. say, I have a sweep account that sweeps money into my savings account. And if it, if I had to go in every month and consciously make a contribution when there are bills to pay, there are mm -hmm. debts out there, there are, there's life. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yep. You know, but if it just, if it's gone the day it leaves the account, can't get it back yeah you just adjust yeah you know yeah it's that's my personality like I told you I'm impulsive so when I see that money like you're saying if I had to make the choice to move it over I'd be like maybe I need to plan a night out with a girl mm -hmm. like I'm such mm -hmm. an idiot sometimes but I, that's why I have to do it so but you're not an idiot everyone's that way yeah everyone like if if you are not on an automatic retirement kind of savings plan of some sort whatever mm -hmm. tool you're using I bet anyone that's not on automatic isn't doing it no. I don't know anyone that would just be like, eh, today I'll stroke a check to my right. retirement plan. You know? <laughs> like, Weirdos do that. Yeah, like maybe super crazy people, but yeah, no, like you have to do that. So I'm glad you said that because I, and when, what year do you think you started saving for retirement? How old were you? Oh, God. 35. 35. Okay. Yeah. So no, I've been there three years, so 33. I okay. Guess. So yeah. 33. So in 30 years, if you continue saving in a 401k, and I have no idea what your salary is, I don't want to know, I don't know how mm -hmm. much you're saving, mm -hmm. but I would bet that if you ran numbers on it, which you probably have, that you'll probably have over a million dollars in yeah. 30 years. Yeah. So um, if you waited till you're 43 or 53 or 63, that mm -hmm. number shrinks significantly every yeah. decade, right? So for the younger listeners, if you're 23, I don't care if you're doing $10 a month into an IRA. Right. Like if you start, the earlier you start, the better. And like you said, you adjust. Exactly. Yeah. And then you just live 
without the ten dollars or the hundred dollars or the whatever the number is yeah um and it just becomes very easy all right cool all right so at the end of every podcast i ask the same questions so it's our our five fun questions so who is the woman that you most admire and it doesn't have to be for finance it can just be for life gotcha I, I read this question and I thought, I was like, she's going to ask me for specific names and I'm not going to give fine. them. <laughs> not. And the reason is because I'm like, you know, there, I feel like there are so many. Yes. Like, honest to God, I'm like, yep. I could say Oprah. Right. I could be, you know, right. Right. like. That's my sister's. Oh yep. my God. You <laughs> yep. know. But I'm like, I feel like even within the last few years, I just look at women that I'm like, discipline is probably the number one. It's an area that I lack and I love when I see women who are just disciplined, like in all areas of their life, I'm like, teach me the ways. I want to be your friend. You <laughs> right. know? So, I mean, that's qualities that I most admire. People, I mean, disciplined people, people who are successful, but they're still kind. Yep. You know, like you have not got lost your head about yourself. You're yep. kind. You treat people with respect. Because there are so many women, and, and not to pick on women, but that's what that's what I talk about. Yeah. And when you become successful, you don't have to be a bitch. No. Be nice. Yeah. It's way cooler. And not only that, be encouraging of other women. Like, I love what you're doing because it's like, you know, I see other women that are just like, they're competing with each other and they think that the way to make themselves look better is to drag someone else down. It's the opposite. I have 10 times more respect for you if you are reaching out, encouraging another woman to do better, be better, you're kind, you're respectful, yep. do your thing. Like, yep. And there's room for us all. Exactly. We could, if we yeah. were all successful, if the entire world was successful, it would be utopia. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so. Like, yeah, so I mean, that's mine. You know, like I have a lot of, you know. No, that's a fair answer. That's a good answer. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's a true answer because I asked the question because um, I'm interested to know what women – you know, like Oprah, she's amazing. Like, right. how, how do you not say that woman right. is absolutely right. phenomenal? Successful, spiritual. I mean, kind the list, the list and overcame the worst odds exactly. in the world. Yeah, like, and, and just yeah. kills it, right? Yeah. But but you're right. It, there's so many women, and it and the everyday woman, the not the not the name brand woman, mm-hmm. um, and nothing. Uh, again, Oprah's amazing, but um, the women around me that inspire me are people that don't even know they inspire me. Exactly. That have no clue that when I when I look on Facebook, and I. You talk about how women, you know, we compete with each other, and that happens. And I had to change my mindset ten years ago because I was super competitive. I'm still super competitive, <laughs> but yeah. uh, in negative ways. Now I'm just in. I feel like I'm mostly in positive ways. Um, when I see someone working out, or when I see someone that reaches a financial goal, now it's like awesome. And I look at them and I want to know how they did it, mm-hmm. and because I want to learn from them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Same. Yeah. So. All right, so have you read any self-help books? And if so, what's your favorite one? And you can say Dave Ramsey if you want to. And, I was gonna, <laughs> and that wasn't going to be my real answer. And the only reason, and I have read a ton of self-help books because yep. I'm, I'm not a big reader, and I admit that I'm a visual learner more than anything, but like I've had a lot of people give me the, you know, girl, stop apologizing mm-hmm. book and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and they're great. Um, but I feel like Dave Ramsey has to be my favorite because it worked and changed a huge part of my life. Yes. So for that reason alone, I'm like highly recommend do it, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. And do you, remember, do you remember the name of the book by chance? I think it's just Dave Ramsey Financial Peace or something, something like, like that. that. Okay. We'll find I'm it out. I'll put it in the show it. notes. Yeah. 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 Um, and any Dave Ramsey book. I mean, his, his theory has always been the same and he's been since I was a since yeah. I was 22, like I remember reading Dave Ramsey. Yeah, he's been around, proven, tried, true. Yeah, so. yeah, he is. Yep. He is good. Um, what is your favorite hobby? Anything 
creative. I mean, I know that's vague, but like I love to paint. Yep. I'm like, you know, DIY. If I see something online, Pinterest, I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. I don't need to pay somebody yeah, to do that. Yeah, I can yeah, do it that's, myself. Yep. So that's me. And it's really just like a stress reliever, creative outlet. So anything like interior design, design, like that, anything like that. Anything that's like my that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what was the last thing you did for fun? This is not a plug. <laughs> Hand of Jesus. But the last fun thing I did, which tells me I need to have more fun more often, was hop cycle. Nice. Oh, and what is the hop cycle? Let's let's do okay. it. I didn't know we were going to plug that. Oh, I thought you were going to say real. something with a real estate company. Oh, no, no, Okay, no. all right. So well, at our annual uh, summer real estate company event, they throw us a big party every summer. So this year was at the Hard Rock. Yep. And so... All, the party ends at eight o'clock and so every year a group of us that are pretty tight we're like what are we gonna do for that last you know last year we went to the Nelly concert nice you know, nice it was like yeah, so much yeah. fun and so Krista and Tom mm-hmm. have started this hop cycles you know it, business it's, yep. it's hum- amazing it's so, so you, fun you get on this mobile bar essentially <laughs> yeah and everybody sits at their little seat with pedals <laughs> and you pedal 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 i'm not necessarily sure that the pedals do anything <laughs> doesn't matter but it doesn't matter you it's still and they you feel play, like they might <laughs> exactly they play the best music they take you around you stop at all these little bars and there's drink specials at every bar yep and it was just like the best group of people we just laughed the entire it's night so fun it was so much so, fun. so that was my last night out. All right, and that was a, a while ago, time. so we are going to have to. A month ago, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah, the time has come. I was, like I said, I was driving over the bridge thinking, like, why am I not at the beach more? Right. I'm going to let time. my barking dog out so he doesn't continue okay. barking in the background. Hold on. So. <laughs> They're really adorable barking dogs. They are adorable. They're just dogs. sad. They're sad they're being left out. Yeah, so, yeah, very real, authentic show. The dog will not stop barking in the background, so out he comes. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, all right, so our last question is bucket list item. What's bucket one list bucket item. list item that you want to still do? For sure, travel through Europe for girls' trip to Bora Bora. Bucket nice. list. Nice. I've always, always, always wanted to go to Bora Bora. Yeah, it looked, my parents' like, event looks beautiful. You want to stay on one of the house and still? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But traveling through Europe and doing like Italy and just mm-hmm. like all of those countries, like, you know, working, eat, praying, loving your way through Europe, yes. like, oh yeah. my God, like good for the soul. Yeah. That would be amazing. And when you have the salon and it's running itself, you yeah. can take off and go do that. So <laughs> exactly. I'm very excited for you. So this yeah. is awesome. You were very yes. real, very authentic. A lot of the things you, everything you said actually is, it resonates with so many people. So I really appreciate you taking time on a Saturday morning, doing something outside of your comfort zone <laughs> and coming and doing this with me. I, I think it, yeah. I think people will really enjoy this podcast. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank I you hope very so. Much. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. This was great. Thank you. You're welcome. Y'all, she is amazing. And I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Missy Carlson as much as I did. To learn more and find out how you can become a Boss Lady Investor, why don't you check out my new book on Amazon, The Boss Lady Investor. You don't need a dick to understand money. If you do happen to buy the book, I love you for it because it's my very first book, please leave me a review on Amazon as that helps to get the word out and will hopefully um, help the book get out to more women so that more women can understand money and start investing in the life of their dreams. Until then, check out our website, thebossladyinvestor.com, where you can see our latest blog posts and join our community of amazing boss ladies, as well as get on our newsletter to join our mailing list and find out about exciting events near you. Until the next time, I'm your host and the Boss Lady Investor, Krista Goodrich, reminding you 
to keep learning, keep reaching for the stars, stay amazing, and remember, no matter what challenge or obstacle might be ahead of you, I believe in you because boss ladies, you got this. Oh, 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 oh,